Ladies and gentlemen, another tragedy has befallen our nation. Sinead O'Connor is dead, and Mitch O'Connell, Mitchell McConnell is not. Mitchell? Mitchell McConnell. Maybe, ooh. Mitchomo. Mitchomo. Hey, how did you get a job here, Chomo? Um, no, like, actually, I have a pretty good track record of talking a lot of shit on this podcast when something happens, and then whatever it is happens all the way by the time it's out, and then I accidentally get a bunch of views I don't deserve because people are searching it, and I'm like the first thing. Like when that sub uh, killed all those people. Like, we had only known it was, like, missing. They were you know, looking up sub porn? Yeah, yeah, and uh, finally, the aftercare was insufficient, and that sub just went on a murdering spree. Um, and that's, that's what happens, you know, people, you can bind them, but eventually you may break them. And then, and then they will snap on you. No, and all those rich fucks went in that rickety submarine. And uh, it was like, it was the day it went missing. And my buddy Peter was co-hosting with me. And uh, I was like, oh, they're fucking dead. And we were just making so much fun. And then they, like, did die when I was putting it out the next day. And he was actually like, maybe we shouldn't do this. And I was like, yeah, we actually have to do it now. He's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't have a career. Like, I don't have, I talk a lot, I talk about, well, I guess I have a job or whatever, but I don't have a music career, I don't have a comedy career, I will never have any of these things. So it's like, I don't know whose nose I could possibly get out of joint. It's like, my, my boss at my actual job, the, the only person I answer to owns the entire company, and he would either be like, I don't understand what I'm looking at and I don't care, <laughs> or he would think it was funny. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, no matter how terrible it was, he'd be like, what, is he, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, this... All those people died. And he's like, "Oh yeah, those fucking douchebags." I'm like, "Ah, well, that's the end of that concern." Like, <laughs> you know, oh, oh no, our our guy that puts things on Instagram is a weird dickhead on his podcast. It's seventeen people watch. That's a giant problem. We gotta we gotta replace him with some U of M 18, student. I'm gonna start watching. I think that you maybe should think about that before you really do because nope. you, yeah, I, I've committed to being your friend, John. Okay. Yeah, Andy is Andy is my friend. I always, uh, in case you're having trouble figuring out wh- where I know him from, his T-shirt is a small clue, and it's that we both shop at the same men's T-shirt store, and that's where we met. No, it's that Andy is the host of the Monday Night Comedy Show, which is the only comedy thing I do because I'm lucky enough to live in a city where there's enough going on that a few of the things are good, and one of them is one where I feel comfortable, <laughs> and I don't have to do open mics. Because I don't want to, and I hate them, and I'm not trying to like make it. And if I was, I should would probably maybe just go on the road, and I for sure don't want to do that because I already did that in bands, and I am too old, and I fucking you never want to relive it. Bones and other bands that you've been in, you don't have to do fucking open mics. Yeah, and I, I, I well, but you know, people are always like, you gotta, you gotta get the reps in, man. You gotta get the reps in, and I always do it all wrong. Where I feel weird if I ever say the same shit twice. The people <laughs> who say that get more reps and get more reps in are the people who call it their craft, and they don't fucking matter. And some of those are like multimillionaires with podcasts that I've listened to who live in L.A. or now Austin, Texas, and refer to what they make content-wise as, as their craft. Okay, you gotta, you got a point there. Like the only craft I am concerned with is the 1994 hit the craft which really made me go do i have a thing for goth girls and then i found out yes it wasn't just a vague question because i'd seen a few ladies at the mall anymore it was a thing that i knew and then i I eventually married one i often think of feruza balk i often do too when she's getting railed out in the beginning of american history x i have never been more jealous of a neo-nazi in my whole life or edward norton why that is a sexy scene up until that guy gets curb stomped (laughs) That part is a bit of a boner killer. 
Mm-hmm. Unless that's your thing. There are, you know what? No kink shaming. No, I'm not. Yeah, if your thing is like getting curb stomped, watching curb stompings, um, you know, getting getting fake teeth to put in so you can just get them curb stomped out again and again, uh, and that's expensive. But you know what? So is a giant sex dungeon. The so studio it's... paid for it. Oh yeah. The studio put in a lot of money back then. Now they don't want to put any money. They make your own. You hence, make the, you, hence the strike. They make you use your own teeth. Mm-hmm. That's yep. Mm-hmm. Here we go, George Washington style, where it's like we don't care who you get them from, but we're not buying them for you. <laughs> that that's that's the thing. They're either wood or torn out of the faces of the oppressed. Um, well, that's what this thing what was. Happened, yeah. I actually, you know, when people, someone, I don't remember where I heard this, but I actually love it because. I both try to be on the right, the, the correct side of history, but I also try to be like a churlish butt munch about everything, you know, and push people's buttons. So, like, and some of those things just happily skip together hand in hand without a fucking shred of cognitive dissonance, and it's great. And the thing I heard was like, you know, people are like, well, even people like George Washington weren't that great. We should tear those statues down. And someone was like, you know, what we should do, we should leave them, but you have to put statues around them for every slave that they owned. Or whatever, and you have to walk through all of those to get to the guy. And it's like Thomas Jefferson, you know, they would have had like a hundred or something. And you gotta like, they're all, you know... Eight uh, football fields. Yeah, yeah, it's like a ton of people and they're all like emaciated and like, you know, just maybe kind of, just sort of looks like the same same guy, but you just go... Or no, hell, have women and... Yeah, have them be families, whatever. Have them be realistic as you can. Historical records are spotty at best. But yeah, you really... Which would make every monument to all the founders of this country like a trip to a fucking, you know, uh, Holocaust museum. But it's like they're there. You know, they're not gone. But you have to, like... You have to look at the whole thing. It's like occasionally people I know will be jealous of someone else's life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, she has like this car and whatever. It's like, okay, would you marry her husband though? And would you do that? No, I don't want all that. T- so you want the car. You're not actually jealous of this person. You would not <laughs> do a wacky 80s movie trading places thing with them. Like, you wouldn't do that at all. You just want a couple of the things they have. That sounds like uh, Andrew McCarthy, uh, uh, the other guy from Weekend at Bernie's. Oh man, I don't. Jason, no. I don't. I don't know that. Are we talking characters or actors or what? Actor. Well, the actors who are in Weekend at Bernie's. Okay. That just sounds I, like a wacky antic that they would. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know. It no. It yeah. Well, and that's the thing I often think about when you're like, you, you got to have you you have to have the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're jealous of someone, it's like fine, but you have to just live their whole entire life, or you don't get to sit there bitching about how you're jealous of them. You just have to go like. You know, I wish I had a comedy show. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be Andy. Oh, no. Or maybe you do. Oh no! But no, you you wouldn't no, want to no be like wants to be me. Well, no I think should. certain people definitely <laughs> would. And after this podcast hits all eight, eighteen of these viewers, because eventually you won't be so high, and then you'll forget everything you did, and you'll get to watch it like it's a new. Should we do a full disclosure episode? That I'm that you're high on life. Yeah. Because okay. you are that kind of guy, or not. Or, Andy, wait a minute. Are I guess a- before we do this podcast, do you have concerns in this world? Yeah, are you a fucking cop? Um, I'm a mall cop. A mall cop? Those are, Volunteer. Those are the most I- wonderful <laughs> cops. <laughs> <laughs> I go into that mall, un- unpaid and unrequested, 
And I, I lay down a little bit of the law from time to time. I see I see teenagers. You there. I go, like Contempo Casual. I go talk to them. I'm like, is that still a thing, Contempo Casual? Uh, is that the name of a store? or is that Yeah, like it's a, a store in the 90s. I don't know. I came to mind because I watched... Is it like uh, Gadzooks? I watched Clueless with Graham the other night. Oh, you are teaching him things. That's good. Yeah. But, what a strange yeah. world. Like, he already lives in a world that is nothing like the world of Clueless. And it's like, when he's old enough... To look back and kind of remember that movie, the world we live in by then will be like, "What the hell was this even like?" <laughs> What's a switch? And then they turn on their holographic projectors from their eyes. Or yeah, why so. well, people be like, "What do you mean roll down the window?" Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, oh right, you there was a thing you had to you had to jack off really hard, and then your window would. Yeah. I was showing them. How uh, fast? Yeah. And how fast you can make it and how fluid. And you had to. If you stop, you know. Because everyone. Everyone smoked cigarettes in the car in February and also couldn't afford air conditioning in the summer. So you were rolling that window up and down yep. all early. By the way, this is not a this is a uh, CBD hemp cigarette that I I get these from from work, like at the stores they have them. Um, and it looks cool. And this is pineapple flavored, so it has kind of a yellowish thing, but usually they're green. Mm -hmm. So it looks. It's I'm just such a. When I learned that they were smoking fake cigarettes on Mad Men, I'd be like, well, I could do that and not, like, wreck my house. But also, it is a little bit relaxing. It is it is a CBD cigarette. And it's pineapple flavored. It is kind of nice. The way cigarettes ought to be. I know, instead of just tasting like... For the children. <laughs> like, like farms and racism or whatever, <laughs> like, broken cars. I, I don't know what <laughs> bad childhoods... Like, I don't know what cigarettes are supposed to taste like, but they just remind me of, like... Like, the best memories I have... Of the taste of cigarettes is like make making out with a lady that tastes like whiskey and cigarettes, and then mm. and then and then things, and it's like it's all regrettable. But at the time, I was like excited, like in a, in a way that like that weird trailer trash grandma breath gives gets me chubbed up a little because it just reminds me of wild times, you know. Regret nothing. It led you to here. No, it it certainly did. Why? Well, you know, yeah. Here's to you, John. Oh yeah. Cheers, my friend. Are we? Oh, not talking about how there's oh. rum in there. There, you can't even taste it. I know. You can't even taste. The <laughs> there's liquor. actually a, a fairly good amount in there, though, too. <laughs> That's the thing. I have those double shot glasses I got for putting. You put the lime and the tequila and stuff in them. But if you don't put a lime in them, you can just fill them all the way up with booze, and then make drinks that way instead of using that stupid measuring thing. That's very limiting. But you don't just want to do a free pour because you might go overboard. And kill me? Yeah. Well, I meant more like when I'm drinking. Oh. I'm, I'm trying to measure it out a bit. It's not a cavernous pour? Where this is... All... Yeah. That's rum. <laughs> Ice. Yeah. <laughs> more rum. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it's just two layers of rum. <laughs> it's like looking at a cross-section of the Earth's crust. Oh, I, I wanted to bring by... I had an idea once back... Remember when, like... Everywhere was really being, well, not everywhere, not like Office Max, but, you know, every fast food place was being very competitive with their breakfast sandwiches and stuff. Like, they'd be, you know, like the, the breakfast sandwich war, yes. Yeah, you were, we barely survived that. And all, it's all like tears in the rain, but it, it's, um, I saw ships on fire in the parking lot of Arby's. Um, ships. <laughs> well, I meant shits. It, it oh. was, yeah, well, oh. you know, Arby's. It's but, a ship, it's a Attack, <laughs> attack shits on fire in the, off the shoulder of Arby's. Um, 
This would be a nerdy podcast, everybody, but I guess if, you, if you're a regular listener to this, like, there's many things wrong with you, but one of those things is not that you're ever going to stop listening to this. I, if you've I, the, made it this far, yeah. you should know at the end of the podcast, we're going to tell you where the gold is hidden. Yep. Well, that's how I always pitch it to people. We're honestly... Latitude and longitude. I always say, if you can stand me at all, you'd probably like it. The only caveat is, like, if you can deal with listening to me, if you deal with the sound of my voice, or, or kind of, like... I don't know. There's a, there is a, some kind of target market for it. You should publish a book, a small book, because people like small things, uh, but with uh, your quote a day or something from Reverend John. I should do that because, and this is going to come up later, but we read a page a day out of this. I borrowed a little bit of a trope from, from your thing, but it's called Dear Asshole, Ooh. 101 Tarot Letters to the Morons Who Muck Up Your Life. Sounds now, really it's very bad, and none of it is funny. A lot oh. of it is racist. It's from 2011... Oh. Um, it, like, Chris's theory that it seemed like it was written by AI, but then we figured out when it was written and it couldn't have been, but I was like, oh, that's a good theory because it's like, like, there's, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it in the last 10 minutes like we always okay. do. But like, it, 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 like, there's, there's pages where it's like Meredith and I have punched up the jokes in like somewhere under a minute. Like, what, if you're going to say blah, 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 and bitch about this, why not, you know, here's a good joke there. There's no jokes in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not funny. Like, you're supposed to read it on the toilet and then just flush the toilet, I guess, because there's no, it also doesn't make any sense. It's got all these problems. Uh, I have, like, a lot of theories that those people aren't real. I, I won't, everybody has heard me yell about this so much, but I will okay. go over, there's like, there's like a, a highlight reel of grievances, theories, and then why they didn't pan out about this book that we're about... 14 into the 101 pages in of... Just a page a, page an episode, huh? Yep, that's a, that's a thing I said. I said right. I took a little page out of your book, which is a, the tear-out. What I'm, of course, referring to is the Monday Night Comedy Show published a book of tear-out ideas, and one of them is read a page of a book every week. Yeah. And I was like, I'll do that in my own tear-out book that I didn't write, but my mom got me as sort of a little goof Christmas present, and I cannot figure out why. Like, I really am like... Do you think this is funny, or did you actually have the, which maybe, which is sad, but, the, or was it like, oh, he'll have a field day on his pod, he'll do something funny with it, which is kind of cute and encouraging, so there's no way that's what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my dad might have had that thought, so that's, maybe. That's a, yeah. They met in the middle, I'm sure. Merry Christmas, here's this. A bowling ball. Oh, Homer. John, you're going to use this in your podcast? Homer is the ball's <laughs> name. I would love to have a bowling ball. I, here, I, two funny bowling ball stories that I have. Well, Do it. Do it. There's a, I guess there's like a bit of a, and one is a, a prologue, which is, I've been thrown out of a lot of bowling alleys for throwing the ball up into the like, ceiling and shit. Yeah, that's happened so many times. But Was it a drop ceiling? Well, it did, yeah. Like, what's it got hit with a bowling ball? <laughs> That was it dropped, but um, oh, and they put like a hole in the fucking. Thing. But the rink, what is, is that? The lane, yeah, the whatever rink. the hell it's called. The bowling rink, yeah, the tap dancing yes. lane, which is what I use it for. They say the not bowling to. tarmac. Yeah. <laughs> Play a game of nine pins, governor, on the tarmac. I don't know if that. A- by the way, that park out there across the street from my house that I'm sure you saw, there's a group of. Um, of, of Eastern Indian fellows that have a cricket league that play there like every Saturday. Cool. And they're all wearing like these white, like nice uniforms and like it's incredible. They have a cricket bat and I'm like, I've just gone out there and like sat and smoked on my porch and just watched them for stoop, whatever that is, step. 
and just watch them for a while because I'm like, and I'd just be like, I don't understand what I'm looking at at all. Like, I'm like watching this game get played and I don't get cricket. And I Googled it and I'm like, no, I don't know what it's telling me. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm not a sports guy, but I figured coming in kind of like, you know, with a, a clean slate of not understanding even regular baseball completely, I'd be like, well, I'll be more op- it won't be confusing to me because I have no pre-existing notions about it. Because it isn't baseball. It's it's more like croquet, but with a bat and, I don't know, or thunderball. And sticky wickets. That's where the sticky wicket comes from. Oh, but speaking of croquet, so one time when I was working at the garage, uh, the, the venue in Burnsville that had shows and Levi worked there, who used to live with Andy, um, and none of you know, and he lives in your heart because he's dead. But the... <laughs> No, he's very much alive and lives in Orlando, Florida with Wade Boggs. But, but South of downtown. Really? It was when he worked there that there was this other guy. He was this big, he was this big doofy, friendly kid. I'm sure he went through a juggalo phase. He had to have. Um, and whatever he's doing now, who knows. But I never he, went through a juggalo phase. I think you did. No, never a juggalo. I oh, technically juggalo. you didn't go through a juggalo phase because it's, it's ongoing. It's Andy is currently. I don't even a know how to. I, I'm so, I know so little about juggalos that I don't even know how to make a joke out of that. Except for like, what's a magnet? I don't, well, yeah, let's, I feel like that's why my the thing the bit I was doing about the gathering of the juggalos was just like solely sort of landing because it's like John, no one knows what you're talking about. Isn't there a comic recently who? Uh, Alex Jaffe is a juggalo and has performed at the, the the Cirque de Juggalo at or the whatever. gathering of the juggalos. Yeah, the yeah. Gathering. yes. No, I did. Yeah, Blue Felix did a couple of times. Really? Oh, yeah. That's where all that, like, I got those $5 bottles of Tussin. Like, there's people just selling bottles of Robitussin on a bridge. And a guy charging a dollar to staple a dollar to him. He just would keep the whatever he stapled to him. Like, it was a good business bottle. There's, like, no overhead except for the staples. And those are cheap. Yeah, it's just and superficial loons. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he got an infection all over everywhere, but whatever. I mean, that's a dirty place. You know, they're the ones that were like reaching into the porta potty so they could throw like whatever was in there at Tila Tequila, which was the right thing to do. I don't know what that means. She uh, was like a Z list MySpace celebrity back in like 2009. That th- someone was idiotic enough to go, Well, let's see, you're famous, and so this has people at it. We'll put you there on the main stage. And she this has Snooky, like she was Snooky. Uh, right? She wasn't Snooky, but boy, would you just basically in anyone's brain. You would just put her in that same compartment, and just be like, whatever. It wasn't connected to that at all, but mm-hmm. okay. it, it, might, it doesn't matter. It might as well have been. It was like, who cares? Yeah. And it was just like, I'm hot, and maybe I'm gonna sing, or I'm just on MySpace. It was when they didn't know how to make MySpace. influencers oh. yet, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, she was a MySpace person, along with all the crunk core rap kids and all of that stuff that was so great. Uh, oh, right though. Speaking kind of of the gathering of the Juggalos and of cricket and croquet, and. Working at the garage, there's this big doofy kid, and he worked at a bowling alley, and he's like, they threw away a lot of pins and bowling balls, do you guys want them for anything? And I'm like, bring them all here, yes. And the garage <laughs> had, you know, big, there was this, like, outer area that was a big circle of other city garage bays, and it was just like, we were called the garage, because one got transformed into a venue. 
Um, and we kept the name. And I was in charge of this place, like, a lot. It looks great on my resume, but because nobody knows what it was really like. When I was running, it was just like, oh, yeah, I was actually, like, a manager at this, like, I would have up to 30 employees answering to me. You know, the way it works out on a resume, is like, wow! Like, we won an award from Finland for, like, youth work and stuff. I'm like, uh-huh, that's because of me. It was not. <laughs> but it happened while I was there and one of the people in charge. So take that place that hired me for too much money. Um, no such thing. But, so one day, oh yeah, we had gotten a bunch of uh, sledgehammers from Home Depot because we were having this big summer thing and one of the things was someone would donate like a junkyard car and you could pay like a couple bucks to go take a whack at the car with the sledgehammer. It was was real fun. And eventually, I mean, it could only get so broken and then like they would just tow it back away and whatever. But, so we had like these 16 pound sledgehammers with fiberglass handles. Like they were like these serious ones that I went and got with, with your taxpayer money for this thing. <laughs> and uh, I invented a game called um, Sledgehammer Bowling Ball Croquet that was short-lived. But uh, A, because if you missed the bowling ball, it either like, it went into your shin or into property because it wasn't going to slow down. It was just going to go whacking into the, break all the drywall off of something or hit a car mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, I actually hit, I, uh, I I got an actual hit in, and I discovered that bowling balls are a little easier to break than I imagined. Okay. And I guess, like, taking all the force in your body and wailing something with a 16-pound sledgehammer is not doesn't necessarily make it surprisingly fragile when it breaks. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's the one I did, it split exactly in twain and, like, just went the other way. So, it, like, you know, they roll the bowling ball at me. Use of that word. And I uh, split Robin's ball in twain! <laughs> and I, and I, but I took, like, just a blind, like, rather than being careful, just everything I had, just woo, and it just happened to hit it right in the middle, split it in half, and the, the two hemispheres in twain rolled on their edges perfectly and just went sailing the other direction and just broke the shit out of the fucking garage doors they went whacking into, like, huge dents, and we're like... <laughs> And then, like, um, we threw some into the river. Now, I have a fun science question for you, and I learned this without knowing this would happen, and it makes perfect sense. But so, bowling balls float. They're they're spun. They're porous on the inside, so they're very heavy. But if you put it in like a pool, it'll 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 eventually kind of like float around to the top. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know that. So yeah, and here's the interesting part: if you were to take it and put it at the bottom of the pool. It will, it'll float up to the top, but they're very heavy, and they have a lot of mass. So it, as it floats up to the top, it'll start going kind of quick, because it's like, you know, when you hold a beach ball underwater and let go, it kind of goes flying up. Slower than that, but it goes, and it'll it'll breach. It'll come, like, out and then splash down. Like, it comes out with some force, because, you know, a beach ball hits the air, and it goes, and it stops. Bowling ball <laughs> keeps going up. Now, if you chuck one off of a bridge into a river... It, it's falling from very high up, and it, the water is very deep. It goes all the way to the bottom, and it comes up, and it just comes fucking flying out of the river. <laughs> like, if you throw bowling balls... How deep was the river? Did it bounce off the... No. Here, what happened was it just made it all the way to the bottom. Uh-huh. But it's like, I don't know, 30, 50 yards deep, whatever it is. I mean, it's deep. It's yeah. shit. I imagine. I couldn't tell you, but I, it probably got almost as deep as it could. Mm-hmm. So it had all of this inertia to build up floating back up. So it just comes splashing out and just launches like 30 feet back into the air. Just, and it'll, it'll do it a few, you know, few more times, less and less. 
But yeah, if you have just like a bunch of the kids from the garage, we take like twenty bowling balls. We're like, yeah, it just creates this fucking. Could you imagine if dropping it from the really high height, it got stuck in the mud or something, and it didn't come back up? That would be really That'd cool. Be eerie, <laughs> and the only to come up like unexpectedly. Yeah, eventually, weeks just later, when breaks, a family no, is like it's out, unbelievably it's like, dangerous what we were doing because if yeah. it got stuck and then came loose, and then someone's boat was over it, it would just probably bash a hole in the bottom yeah. of it or whatever. I mean, boats are stronger than that, but uh, maybe like a fiberglass dark. person boat, it would definitely, yeah, it'd be, tor- it'd be like a German Uvo just tor- torpedoing it. It'd just be like, blow some out of the water. <laughs> yeah, so that's, so the river and the sledgehammer croquet. Uh, that was in a movie called Sledgehammers at Dawn. Really? What was it? It was. About just exactly what the title says. It's, uh, I had a just a cameo, but uh, it uh, it was made by two Bloomington natives, uh, Pat Casey and Josh Miller, who uh, wrote the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Wow, one and two. And, there is another and, uh, Sonic movie, and, isn't there? Uh, Josh, I think I think Josh and Pat wrote. Uh, uh, oh holy! Oh shit! Violent Night. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's a real. Video store style classic, mm-hmm. um, which is funny now. It's like things like Tubi and stuff. If you want to relive walking through like the I've never heard of these horror movies section of a real video store, it, you'd scroll through it, and there's still things that came out in like every bit of 2021 that looked like they were filmed on a camcorder from like 1993 <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it have been just cheaper to use your fucking phone at this point? Like, what is this? Like, why is it in 4.3? And I know it's not a stylistic choice because, like, I can't hear anything anyone's saying. It's like, no, no, no. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're going to record the audio, but we're going to make it look like a cam. You know, no. <laughs> and the editing was done on, like, the video toaster from, like, I mean, you know, unless you're just, like, a severe eight-track record player hipster that's just doing shit like that. But I, I've learned one thing from kind of, like, making online content. And it actually makes, like, a lot of sense. People will watch something that kind of looks like shit, but they will never watch anything that sounds like shit. So, like, if there's... Even if it was, like, a camera, like, ten times as expensive as this with better lighting, and it was just kind of sounded tinny and weird, like, people would just be, eh, I give up. But it's like, if it just... This camera cost $100,000. It did, but there's better. (laughs) Yeah, we could actually be using, like, a Sony RED, which is something more in the ballpark of $2.8 million. And, uh, you know, I'm working my way towards that. Once I get to 20 regular listeners, I think, you know. And I, I'm kidding. I have, I think we're somewhere on 31, at least on the audio one. And we do, if you're listening on Spotify, I do the thing now where you can watch the video on there, too. I don't know what the purpose of that is because YouTube exists. And it's not like there's ads because you have to have a certain amount of subscribers where you can even do that. And I'm nowhere close. The YouTube so channel it's is... Just, it's just your dirty little secret. Yeah, it's like, dirty you can... You internet can, secret. You'll do that thing where you're listening in your car and then go like, oh, fuck, there's video running. That's my phone so hot. Like, cool. I think that's the only reason that that's a thing. So even the Apple podcast doesn't do that. I don't fucking whatever. But, like, uh, oh, man, what was I just talking about? Or what were you just talking The sledgehammers at dawn. What, like, sledgehammers at dawn. Yes. What did you, did you hit things with sledgehammers? Yeah. Uh, well, no, it was. Uh, did it stop by a, noon? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so. Short the the elevator pitch of the movie is uh, the city of Bloomington, Minnesota, uh, is quarantined by the federal government because citizens of Bloomington go insane uh, at the rate of like you know uh, eight to one or something, and uh, um, and so they quarantine the city, 
and it's essentially a post-apocalyptic wasteland in the city of Bloomington, except it's just a nice suburb. Yeah. You know, uh, they didn't have the budget for that. But Well, apparently neither did The Walking Dead. There was always, like, grass that was clearly mowed in that show. I'm like, who is <laughs> doing this? Nice suburb. Like, everyone has, like, clean fingernails. I'm like, this, this show is ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, so getting back to the thing... Uh, uh, there's a royal family. They declare uh, it's it's like a, it's a kingdom, the kingdom of Bloomington. I like that. And they I'd also love... live in a very nice, you know, you know, middle income. Yeah, <laughs> in Bloomington. Nice well, the, the, the king, you got to remember, the king of Bloomington is still the king of Bloomington. Indeed. So you're not like I mean, I guess unless you can overthrow the Mall of America, but I believe that that's its own city state. Even now, pre-apocalypse, <laughs> like they definitely have the. Uh, their own almost privatized police, like a faction of yeah. the Bloomington police force, like is basically it's just like owned Disney by World. the mall. It, they have their it's, own police force, and it's up there. I, the mall is a fun. You know how like some people never learn this, and some people learn it when they're younger, but whatever. And it's like middle-aged white women never ever learn this. But the the world is sort of asymmetric and unfair, mm. and uh, simply by pointing out uh, a perceived injustice doesn't immediately make someone do something about it. Or like, oh, well, a drug dealer in your neighborhood will we'll be right there to console you and kill that person. Like, you know, they're gonna be like, okay, great. You know, no one gives a fuck. But a fun proving ground, where it almost feels like a thing happening in a movie or another country or something, is the mall. Because this is this is kind of a, where I was telling Andy earlier that I went and renewed my conceal and carry and you take the test and I had a a guy that was really great his thing I'll even plug it out here it was called uh, you know normally it's like some hick that has opinions that you can easily imagine but uh, this guy's thing is literally called left of center self defense and he's a big tattooed guy with like a Black Lives Matter hat on and stuff and so it's like him laying it all out for you is a lot more pleasant and uh, and also informative because it turns out you know people who aren't just weird hicks can be kind of smart and interesting sometimes. And he certainly is. Mick is his name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was like like a defense contractor and he's had all these like real life stories. And he was kind of breaking down that like a lot of like of the law stuff, you know, where it's like the kind of people are like, yeah, they're always like, well, make sure to tell them this. And the truth is you tell them like, uh, here's my name and I want to talk to my lawyer. And then that's <laughs> fucking it. You know, like he, he told you like the, the real story. But anyway, there's a lot of, Places where they're like, they have a sign that says like, oh, we ban guns in this location. And, you know, he's like, oh, do I have to like not bring my firearm there? He's like, well, I mean, you know, conceal it good so you don't run into some sort of issue. But those signs are basically like they need to be in a certain font. They need to be at a certain distance from the door and height from the ground. And all these, most of like 80% of them are just like a joke. They're like completely legally unenforceable and whatever like that. And then he goes, except for the Mall of America. The Mall of America is like its own thing that's just all mixed up with the like the, the Bloomington police and whatever. And it's like they're they're not interested in your side of the story. And they have the weird power to go like, aha, yeah, well, this one actually was an inch too low, but you're going to jail anyway because the judge is our friend and like what like that's a great situation to learn. Like and also this pound of cocaine we found. We found on you. Day. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you want to learn, oh, that's how the world really works. Where it's like Half there's rules and then there's rules where it's like these guys mm-hmm. You know, there's always some science fiction thing where it's just kind of like, yeah, but, I mean, they, the, the Federation is free now or whatever, and it's like, yeah, well, don't try that on Jabba's planet over there. Yeah, sure, they're under this jurisdiction, kid, but yeah, none of the space lawmen really want to go down there, and the Huts have a real bad reputation for <laughs> hiding things, and why well, I'm trying to be Jack Burton so hard, and I'm not doing a very good job, <laughs> goddammit. But, uh, but Alexis always loves it when I do the 
Well, you know what old Jack Burton always says. So is, is that a, <laughs> just a scenario you guys play as uh, Big Trouble in oh, Little China? Oh, there's a lot of trouble in Little Vagina. That, <laughs> well, because all vaginas are relatively small. It's, but it's a when I say it like that out loud, it sounds really compared weird. Compared to you, and gross. John, compared to you. Yeah, I don't love Morgan outing me like that. When she was, you know, that that I, you know, I'm the... the the slinger of a bit of a beer can because I wanted to say funny things about my penis, but that it's it's too big for a huge fan of anal to like retired basically. Uh, you know that's that's private and it's not funny. It's like oh must be nice and like no it isn't. It is not nice, Morgan. That's where the, 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 the one thing I said that might have been funny on Monday was on the spot. Like where I was like it's like oh my wife and I have been trying. It sounds like we're trying for a kid, but it's actually <laughs> worth it. And the painful part comes at the beginning, rather than you know way later when the kid grows up to be a disappointment. It's <laughs> a really good, it's a really good joke. And it was like the one thing that I didn't plan. Really I was like, God damn it! Like, why bother writing things down? And then I'll forget it later. Please don't improvise. I God damn it! That is um, it's a lucky improvisation. That's Andy, I'm gonna let you in on a little no, 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 no. secret about You're, what I everyone's do. Everyone's always prepared at the Monday Night Comedy Show. No, I I know please, that. Please, please, I have to believe that. I well, I'll say I'll say this. I come in with a plan and then I don't do it, or I do, but like half of it is that because I get the derails. The thing about the the thing about that I've okay. So let's talk about this. Like I I I'm like I'm gonna do comedy because I just kind of have always wanted to. I don't want to go on tour. I'm lucky as shit that I was born here, rather than like you know. There's one open mic at a VFW or in this bar called Stumpy's Dump in Pascagoula, Mississippi or some shit. You know, like, there's no, there is a comedy scene here of sorts. That's where you see yourself in your no. fantasy netherworld? No, no, no. I mean, like, if I'd been born, yeah, I could have been born not here. You know what I mean? I could have been born in some dump town in Mississippi and then been like, yeah, moving's expensive and hard. So, but I kind of want to <laughs> do comedy, but I, I there's like one choice. And I'm I, going to the Twin Cities. No, yeah. Well, I wouldn't move here from somewhere else, but I'm just saying, I'm lucky in my sort of sort of blasé, lazy pursuit of comedy as a hobby that it's here, and, um, sorry, I got a funny text from Chris, who I also do the podcast with sometimes, and we'll probably have to talk about the thing he's texting me about on, on a different show, but, um, okay, so, like, so like I'm here, so right, you know, you have a show. There, like, it, it could facilitate sort of casually doing this thing, without having to go. Oh, I'm gonna, I gotta move to New York, or I got, you know, what I mean? like, in which case I just wouldn't move and I just wouldn't do it at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being grateful for things, um, which is boring to listen to, but, but the thing is, is like, so I'm Be like catty and bitchy about this. I should, <laughs> I really should do that. I've earned it. But the thing, so. Like I like writing funny things, but the hard what here's what I've learned is the hard part of comedy. There's sort of two things that are the real sticky wicked, as it were. Um, one is remembering what in the Call fuck I, I wrote. That's difficult. But two is the entire the entire art form of stand-up comedy. The idea that, okay, things are funny, right? And mostly what's funny is somebody sees something and I'm quick enough to say something about it that's the wrongest thing to say at the exact right moment where it's pretty funny. I'm okay at that. Mm -hmm. But then going, okay, now I'm standing up here by myself. I have to paint a picture for a room full of people with different experiences and all this stuff, get them completely on board so they can almost see what I'm talking about and then talk shit about that and that makes them laugh. 
That's fucking hard to do. But when something stupid happens earlier that night, and I know they all saw it, it's so much easier just to say something fucked up about it. Or Morgan says something I didn't expect her to on stage because I didn't think she was going to bring that up. And I'm like, ooh, I thought of something dumb to say. And as everyone a, as heard... As a duo, you need to keep each other on your toes. So Well, that, that's... that's why that was kind of fun. But the point I'm making is that I always prepare, but the, the biggest laughs come out of the things that I didn't fucking like think I was going to say. And it's... It, it, it tries to, the devil tries to trick you because you know the one time you don't prepare, then it won't be funny. But like, it's like, oh, just go up there and just be silly, John. Like, duh, duh. and it's like, no, but then that'll be the night that everything is just so, like, on rails that there's nothing to comment on. There's just nothing. That'll be the time. That'll be the time the universe paddles my bottom, which <laughs> I'm not a fan of. My bottom is sensitive. Oh. I know it's some people's thing. And I remember we don't kink shame. On we the Reverend John Wheeler podcast, nor the Monday Night Comedy Show, which this is both now, even though this is, I think, Wednesday. I'm a poor example, because um, there's so many other good people involved in the show. Like Well, and... they can't all be... Hum- being Andy, humble. we have two chairs, all right? And I guess, like... <laughs> did I ever tell you Elon Musk tried to buy my show? But he didn't understand that, like, he'd have to come and do it. You know, like that would be the agreement. Yeah, it's the Reverend John Wheeler podcast, but now it's he North Minneapolis. It's his. Do this podcast. It's like you have to keep that. You're buying the name, but then you got. I'm I'm taking that money and leaving. I'm not going to keep doing it. You're buying the legacy. Yeah, and then you have to just do that. And And then he probably for a reboot. He'd probably change the name, and then you know it's funny. I made that joke before he bought Twitter and changed its name, and I'm I'm making it again, and now it's actually less now X or something. I think is that. I actually kind of, I don't like him at all either, but how Zuckerberg kind of trolled him and was like, we're actually rebranding, well, since your thing is X, we're just changing the name of the threads, the Instagram version of Twitter, just to Twitter. It's like, well, since you're not using it. And he got all pissed off and blocked him. I'm like, that's so good. I also really want those two to actually fight. That Did you ever hear about that? That they were going to like, they were going to have like a... Like Elon a, Musk. And-, and, and, and Mark Zuckerberg, they were going to have like a UFC, you know, there's rules, it's not just in an alley, but they're going to, you know... Have a fight. I couldn't even pick Mark Zuckerberg out of a crowd. No, because he's not a man. He's probably who that lady on the airplane saw when she's like, that person's not really there. Or whatever. I think she was on a plane. Zuckerberg, just like his private jet was in the shop and he had to fly on the regular airplane with crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Speaking of planes, uh, did you know that Amelia Earhart uh, lived in St. Paul for a brief time? I think it was St. Louis. No, St. Paul. Was she involved in bootlegging? Because that's why a lot of people were in St. Paul ask, in that. But no, I just saw an article. To ask today. Amelia Earhart? Don't be silly, Andy. I don't think you could. That's what I, that's what I said. Oh, okay. You didn't think to ask, but even if had you thought to ask, you'd be like, who am I going to ask? How rude. <laughs> Her ghost. Or whatever. Yes. <laughs> I just had to explain that scene to someone who had never seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and it was really fun. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a national fucking treasure. I've based most of my life around its teachings, like wow. don't accept rides from ghost truckers and keep an eye on your bike. Like I always would use a, a good bike lock. And the Alamo doesn't have a basement. Uh, yeah. Disappointing, but true. Andy, I would like you to do a short review of about one minute long of Pee-wee's Big Adventure and how it affected your life. I'm going to grab a couple of beers out of the mini fridge. Do you want a beer? I don't know that you like beer. Sure. Okay. So I'll grab three. Two, so, two for me and one for you. The year was 1986, and America was still reeling from 
I don't know, Sputnik or whatever. 9-11? Uh, what happened in, uh, yeah. Part of 9-11. Part of Donnie Darko. Part of 9-11. Can we edit this part? Back in time. Uh, but no, I don't edit this. I actually upload it the minute we're done. Outstanding. Well, and I set it up so we can watch video clips. No, I actually don't have to edit this at all. I will, if you ever want to start your own podcast for whatever reason, I will teach you how to use this software. It's free and it's the greatest thing in the world. Okay. You don't have to do shit. Like, honestly, my podcast sounds okay, and we're not, we're not wearing headphones. We don't each have our own fucking SM7B Joe Rogan mic. There's one camera. <laughs> Everything, like the outro, is just a clip I hit. I don't have to edit it on. And this mic was 50 bucks. And honestly, if you ever do go and, like, listen to this on headphones, you'll be sort of surprised that it sounds halfway decent, but it's because you can... And I, if you were to ever start a podcast, I'd help you as your friend, of course. Thank you. But I have a long history in music and audio production, so I just set up the gain structure. So basically, this is being mastered as it goes into <laughs> the thing. So it comes out, like, loud and clear with all the bad frequencies are already, like, EQ'd out and all the... There's a bunch of layers. You click on stuff and you get into these layers and you can do it. And it's actually fairly user-friendly. Like, it's, it's hidden, but once you know where to look, it's easy to manipulate. So, America was reeling from 9-11... Of in the early in, in 1986, uh, lots of things happened. Yeah, like I started kindergarten, which was tragic, sad, because I was like, I got a Nintendo Entertainment System for my birthday on September 6th that that year, and then kindergarten started two days later, and I could not play Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt all day long for the rest of my life, and I that really set the tone of some of my 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 cage rattling and lashing out behavior that marked. And continues to mark most of my life. <laughs> um, I, I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> I think you might have been in '86. Yeah, mm. Alexis was not even a twinkle in her grandfather's eye yet, and you were, you were giving, you were going, you were finishing up your master's degree, <laughs> and I was in kindergarten. I was, I was defending my thesis in 1986. Pee I know Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It was on Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a. Uh, is nothing like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Really, it's not. Which it's is really not. It's its own standalone thing featuring Pee Wee Herman, who we know and love, Paul Rubens. Yeah. And then, uh, Penguin's dad. Yeah, the in the weird second Tim Burton Batman movie that is mm -hmm. hard and for in me Gotham, to too. hard for me to sit through. We have every Batman in a box. Well, every of the old Batmans, the four. Everybody owns. All of the Batmans that came. Out. I know, but there's there's movies over there, and people don't know. We're just sitting in this weird black curtainy thing because my basement's cool looking. But if I want to feature it in the podcast, I have to clean it, and that's never happening. So I just hung up a sheet. I don't like the heat lamps on this side. I'm sorry. Someone actually w once was like, "Oh, are you guys supposed to be like uh, a like a political <laughs> discourse?" Or I'm fire. He's Andy's, ice. Andy's the fire. Together, we're this podcast. Well, Andy has a. Uh, much like Morgan, an AM radio show that's ultra-nationalist right-wing <laughs> uh, called Patriot Uprising 88. Ish. And I, yeah, it's funnier with Morgan because he's a little Asian gal, and you're a large white man, so it actually doesn't really track nearly as well. But you guys support each other, and you are guests on each other's show. And as giant Rush Limbaugh fans, I know that you're keeping his memory alive. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Um, Let me pour one out of a glass of pee uh, out on your the, grave. Um, the Big Dipper? What do they call him? I don't... I don't give a fuck. And uh, the, the, I... My favorite thing about his death is, for someone who hated the idea of gender-neutral bathrooms, his grave site is going to be one. <laughs> Forever. I just love that for him. That is very good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Makes you feel a little better about things, I think. Uh, today, the uh, Mitch McConnell had that pause. You should mention. That. Right. Oh, that's what I was because gonna say. The the clickbait in this is probably gonna just be a picture of Mitch McConnell. Uh, but with, I'm gonna go and Photoshop and mess his face all strokey up because that's funny, mm-hmm. and uh, go. Here's a thing that finally explains that. And I mentioned it for three seconds at the beginning. But ah, if you're if you're stout of heart, you could make it all the way to this part at the end. Or, the- the internet's going to be so great, John, that tomorrow, by tomorrow afternoon, there's going to be so many memes and, I know. and funny, hilarious things that uh, that people like you do. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, like, start making them beat. Putting garbage on the internet. <laughs> just, uh, no, I really want someone to take that, the last syllable, and, like, just time stretch the audience. It's like, and I... Uh, it makes, like, when yeah. Keanu Reeves goes into the Matrix. Oh, that would be just, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear all the weird, like, formats and things in the audio mm-hmm. all super stretched out and, like, computery sounding. Yep. Um, as, as his soul <laughs> returns to hell whence it came. And, yeah. Which I brings I, us back to Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Well, it does. But, but All things lead back to Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You know, it's funny. It didn't. But you just said that, so it feels like it did. Well, no, I guess like the, he has that dream where his, the devil gets his bike, but it's just Francis in a devil suit. Fucking Francis. 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 I did a. I had a. I was dating somebody who was kind of kind of funny many many years ago, and I was watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure while she was falling asleep, and she was like asleep through the whole movie, and then the part where like, like. Francis is the devil in his dream. He's like, yo! Just blah. like she kind of like opens her eyes and she just goes like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, you know where your bread's buttered at. So it's this, just the devil with a little mustache. She's like, everything's how it should be, and just fell back asleep. And it made sense. Um, high point of that relationship, I think. But uh, yeah, so no. But the important thing here, well, Mitch McConnell. Is a lot like Large Barge. Actually, there's... Oh, my God. Damn. I don't have... You know what the sucky thing? I actually love my job, but it, the only thing I hate about it is that it's a job. Like, I have to go and I have to, like, not... It's not that I don't like doing it. I do like doing it. I like the people there, and it's 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 wild and it's funny. But, like, it does get in the way of me wasting my time doing other stupid shit, which is a giant problem with capitalism, I think. Like, I, I you know, technically I have to make you know, grimace smoking weed for work, but I can't make, uh, I can't go into After Effects and make a thing where Mitch McConnell has a stroke and then, like, the large barge eyes bulge out of his face, which I could definitely do, but I think it would probably take me somewhere between four to six hours to make it look good, and it's like, God damn it! like, if I do that after work, I'm gonna be so tired by the end of it. You I know what I mean? it'll be worth it. I, it is... You could submit it to festivals. I really could. I think, I mean... The problem is, I, the, the one problem with the internet right now is that the, the Wild West is over. Like the one problem. There's one problem. The rest of it is great. Um, everything that's ever happened because of it is probably good. <laughs> but uh, People are so mean. Yeah, they are. And they're so like addicted to the fucking dopamine death scroll thing. And it's such a sad waste. It's like, go to a real casino have you, have you and lose your ads? house. Like, you know? stop, stop doom scrolling and stop micro learning. That's the new... I've saw yeah. You're not gonna help. We're just gonna circle the drain forever until AI takes over and either kills us or helps us. But we're not gonna get ourselves out of this one. Kill us. It will definitely help kill us. That I'm certain of. But um, glad to lend a hand. The one problem with the internet is that you can actually do something 
that would have made you famous in like 2007 and right now it'll get like nine likes on Instagram. Like it's the, the, the stuff that actually makes it through is just like randomly someone getting beat up in a, in a McDonald's, you know, or something. And it's like, no one gets credit. For, like no one did that. No one made that. No one, you know, all the memes that come out because of it don't get like some, you know, you can make an auto tune song out of the people talking about the guy getting stabbed at a McDonald's. You know, because, but it's like you're not gonna. None of that will get you anywhere. It'll be you won't even get like two extra Instagram followers. It's all so me doing Mitch McConnell trying to get a large margin, even if it caught a little bit of viral fire. It's, it would it would just do nothing. It, it wouldn't catch a little bit of fire. No one would see it. I actually, yeah. Let me downgrade this further because I, I forget myself. It's not even like it would grow legs a little. I would see it. You would. See, I'm gonna make it for you. And that's, I wish you were my multimillionaire boss. Like, I like the one I do have, but Andy would be more fun because I feel like you would pay me to make that thing for you. And then I could just live the dream. And rather than making kind of silly stuff to help push weed adjacent products on the internet, I could make completely pointless, insane things for the amusement of, you know, Baron Brindleson. Like, I forget the guy from Dune's name, but I shouldn't compare you to him. That's probably. Falsa Dune. False Doom? False. Oh, that's I've never no. seen Dune. No, I I'm thinking of uh False Doom was uh, James Earl Jones and Conan the Barbarian oh, or Destroyer. It was the Destroyer. It was the second one. Yeah, where Olivia he turned sets the Snake God. Yeah. Um, I my very first snake I owned years ago, uh, I named Set because of that. Oh. Um, because of that movie, because I really liked the the Conan movies and you know it's funny I, I didn't realize this till I was older I, I mean maybe obviously I knew I liked Arnold Schwarzenegger and swords and giant snakes and things like that was you know obvious but I didn't know as I became a, a fan of H.P. Lovecraft when I was older that the original Conan comics were written by a contemporary of his and some of the stories I guess Lovecraft helped write like so Conan is actually slightly adjacent to, like, the Lovecraft universe, like, you know, and everybody's thing now is like, you know, he was racist, it's like, yeah, he lived in, like, the 1800s, of course he was, like, don't tell me that anybody, Abraham Lincoln was racist as shit, <laughs> don't give me that, but, you know, people are all terrible, but you watch, you look at, you don't stop looking at their art, especially when they're dead, it's like, does it matter, is it really that tainted for you? And like the the bad news I have, and this is a this is a thing I stick to kind of staunchly because it was just you know like I'm just listening to Marilyn Manson in my car the other day, and I'm like you know if you're like you know I think some of the anger that comes with like hey how dare you listen to this thing that did a bad thing in real life or whatever, it comes from two things that I don't like. One, people who pay attention to lyrics and have emotions, I hate those people because they're like they listen to things like emo and pop punk and go like, but I feel this so hard. How could you ever take it so seriously? Like, like I don't, you know, or Mumford and Sons or something. It's like I don't care about that. Like, in the the lyrics that I do like are not connected to some person's real struggle in their heart or whatever. And it's like their heart can be black as fucking icker. And I, you know, that's okay because you know. You think like a Manson lyric, like when he says capitalism has made it this way, old-fashioned fascism will take it away. Well, boy, that's truer than ever right now. And I don't care who said that. It's just very true and crazy and great. But, you know, do I want to shake his hand? No, he's a bad man. And he belongs probably in jail with Bill Cosby and the like. And that's 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 all fine and good. But the other thing you know, I don't like is people go, oh, you shouldn't listen to that because they think what they're listening to is clean. They think it's pure. 
and like his podcast. Yes, and it's this is not. I mean, Andy and I are are good folks, but the thing is, if you like a musical artist, they had help getting to where they are. There, if there, there's a chance that there's even like a manager or someone along the line. Talent gets you nowhere. You, it, it happens to be there sometimes for those that get lucky, and then you go, oh, cool, this is Night at Dales, but also Trent Reznor's parents were richer than shit. And it's like, eh. And it's like, okay, you, it's beautiful, but you never would have heard it. He would have been working at McDonald's if his parents didn't have money. Like, or he'd be having a heroin overdose before the first record ever came out. And so, you can go like, oh, well, the singer's an okay guy, but the guitar player that wrote all the music was a fucking diddler, and we, now we can't listen to this anymore. By that logic, it's like, you may have only heard this because some manager discovered them, took the parental money, put them, like, on magazines and tours and whatever, and that person probably was a huge piece of shit. And you, gotta, you start to have to ask yourself, how many layers between you and what you love have to be clean before it gets dirty and then before you stop caring? You know what I mean? Like, I said once... Well, basically, this all comes around to there's no um, ethical consumption under capitalism or whatever. But, like, so it's you're like, I only buy, you know, like, how many layers between you and the devil's asshole does your money have to be before it's safe? You know, it's like, I'm not buying this from this guy, but the thing that distributes it is terrible. So it's like, can you give them money? I don't know. The One of the main investors in that thing is terrible. But is it okay now? Just because, okay, well, the singer's good. He never did anything fucked up, but these people did, and it's the only reason we ever heard of him. And that's the thing. How many layers between your dollar and Satan's ass do you need before you feel good? And I, I, I always say it's like you'd be like, I only buy like humanely raised meat from this 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 nice farm couple, and they do everything organically and whatever. And the minute they need a piece of farm equipment off of Amazon, right up Satan's butt, your dollar goes. Yeah. You're like, I don't support Amazon. It's like, but you do. Like you just can't actually get away from it. So. I'm not saying don't care, but I'm saying don't 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 lip off to me about it. You can go fuck yourself. You like you're like no, this Christian emo band never did anything weird. First of all, that's impossible. But secondly, it's just like somebody did. Their dad that fucking helped make their career might be like a fucking wife beater. Still cool to listen to it. Then like, well, you know, still it's like he gets some of the proceeds from everything because he invested in it. It's like right, but their music's about how you shouldn't do that, and I think maybe it informed like everyone just wants to like what they like and be like, ooh, don't yeah, but don't don't shit on it. Don't you have to look for all your yeah? Everything is terrible. Everyone's a piece of garbage. Everyone's a monster. And I will say, except us, we're not. Yeah, and that the reason I bring that up at all is because this this book is a terrible, bad, awful, unfunny. Rotten thing that shouldn't exist, right? Right. And the likelihood... Now, it's written by two people, Jillian and Michelle Madison. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they have to be sisters. And they actually, they're probably not real. They're probably made up. It's probably just some guy. But let's just go with it. They, they... Let's pretend they're real people. They have to be sisters, and someone was... They're probably like, you know, we have an idea, and it's like, fine, put out your book, kids. Like, I'll pay for it, whatever. But you gotta win the format, you know, like 101 dog poop jokes to read on the toilet, whatever. If you do that, that's what we sell, okay? Well, we thought we would do an art book with pictures of, like, uh, like an empty booze bottle next to a rocking chair. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can't sell that. Like, well, that's what our art's about. It's like, look, I'll keep paying for your fucking apartment in Manhattan, but you gotta come out 101-something, so it's dear asshole. And you're supposed to tear these out... And actually just, like, give them to people because passive-aggressive notes aren't enough. Sometimes so you have to have someone else read them for you. You just go, mm-hmm. Rip, here's my truth. Yeah. 
And some of them are for like the person who shit up a public bathroom. How do you find that and give them to them? Some of them are for the person that had the library book before you. How are you going to give them this note? So it doesn't even work, but also it's not funny. But also, it just smacks of like somebody's family member worked at a publishing company and was like a C-level, like a CEO or something, and they just made this happen and were like, eh. Because it wouldn't pass any kind of like, is this good and that's why it's published type of thing. The biggest piece of evidence for me is on the back. Because you, like me, I know, we've probably lied our way through a few book reports in our time. We've probably churched up a few bios on the internet. I cheated on my my Hobbit. Yeah. And you probably like... through The Hobbit. Now I like The Hobbit. Yeah. It's something you love. You couldn't even be bothered to read. It was eighth grade. Eighth grade book report on. Yeah. And so, then you'll understand this. I've done similar things and so much worse. I've lied my way into it. I helped someone come up with a fake identity. I really got to narrow down five minutes for this breaking the law thing on Monday. I have broken the laws in irreparable ways. Just highlight real. I've changed the policy of a few companies that you've definitely heard of single-handedly, and it was definitely me, not a funny coincidence. Um, okay, so, because, well, we'll get into that later, but not on this podcast, at on stage. Jillian and Michelle Madison have built a network of well-connected pop culture websites and podcasts, not named, which currently receive over 40 million page views per month and have been featured on thousands of professional sites and blogs. Not named. Um, <laughs> and now podcasts. Yeah. They're yeah. featured on... Do they you mean that, them, like... Is this giving them free advertising. A common... No one is buying this. I don't... I, eight, all 18 of your viewers... Everyone's just going to go to the same... Google this and go, 101 asshole. Dear ass, 101 tear out letter. Yeah. Tear out letter. No, they're going to go to the same airport my like parents the, bought like this from. I like the tear out gimmick. That's, that's cute because, you know, that's destroying books is great. What a it, fucking horrid, horrid idea that is. Everything about this is so bad. But here's the fun part. Okay. So I don't read ahead. I dog ear these pages to keep track because by the end of this podcast... Actually, I'm pretty sober. Normally, I'm a lot drunker for this. But, like... Um, so I, I, I can never, I can never really like go like, oh man, this is going to be a fucked up one. I never have any idea, but it's like the very first one had some like kind of racist Karen-y undertones. A lot of it is punching down its servers and stuff like really hard. I'm like, why are you doing this? But, but also if you get, it's fine to punch down, but it has to be funny. The person you're punching down at should even go, oh, yeah, that's true. None of that here. Like, there's not even a joke at someone's expense. It's just mean crap at someone's expense. I'm going to get you fired. Yeah. Okay. Read it. Very much. Dear asshole who left the shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot. Okay, this one might be relatable. I doubt it, but here we go. Would it have killed you to walk the extra three feet to the cart return? You lazy sloth. Funny stuff. Now your carriage is aimlessly floating around the parking lot like a tumbleweed in a bad country music video. And it could end up damaging someone's car. Like, that's just someone's other, a different kid's dad yelling at you when you're 10. Like, that's the, that elicits no funny response. Some trauma, which can be funny, but not in this case. For, uh, I understand you were probably in a rush to get back to your rat-infested double-wide trailer you call home. What's wrong with trailers are very spacious and... and technically, the freezer of my very expensive refrigerator <laughs> is rat-infested. They're frozen, and they're for my snakes. 
but yeah, but that doesn't give you the right to act like an inconsiderate slob. And again, yes it does. If you live in a rat-infested trailer home, that is the one thing you get to do is be an inconsiderate slob. It's truly when you're like somewhere where people should know better. They don't have that right. You know, when you go to like a cool, like, when you go kind of like a hip bar restaurant and someone's like, this is where I'm bringing all four of my kids that I can't keep track of. Like, I should like to ruin everyone's date. Instead of just going... You know, in The Simpsons, when they when when Homer started eating the cake for Maggie's birthday, and Marge said, "I made you a cake to ruin," and it's over here. That's what McDonald's is. There's a ball pit in there. Take your kids there. I, we made you a fast food a food place to ruin. It doesn't have booze at it, but you can sneak that in, in either a flask or your tummy. I prefer both. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, live in a trailer and be a slob. Let the people have something. You awful people. So anyway, put the cart back when you're done with it. That's hilarious. And take those nasty crumpled tissues you left in it with you, too. Have a great day. P.S. Everyone hates you in all capital letters. How often do they end the, with the postscript? Oh, I'm of, glad glad you asked. Of, Go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Uh, the dear asshole who borrowed my shirt. P.S. No, you can't borrow my new jeans. You asshole. Ooh. Isn't that funny, Andy? That is PG-13. Um, it really is. Well, it has the word asshole in this it. This one has a post-postscript. Oh, the asshole graffiti artist, yeah. Dear asshole, uh, P.S. For a tough guy, you sure do seem to like the color pink, so that's what? got a few things wrong with it. But also, there is some fucking seriously... Racist overtones of the Dear Asshole Graffiti Artist thing. Classist everywhere. Racist only sometimes. They mentioned the Cosby sweater here, but it was before we knew. Well, Hannibal Burris knew, but yeah. I mean, they still... The Cosby sweater is still a thing. I guess. You can still call it that. I think you're going to see less of them now. Yeah, and and black doctors, frankly, because people need a hero to look up to. Well, you know what I mean? Wow. Bill Cosby was on TV every night saying, you know what? In a time... He was he was the first black TV doctor dad, and so people yeah. were like, "I can do that fucking shit. Like, I can actually like live, live. You know, I can actually be a doctor or a scientist or whatever." And now, like, well, who are we gonna look up to? Probably lots of people, but I don't pay attention to anything anymore. So I guess this has no legs. But Bill Cosby, I think, <laughs> soured the dream for a lot of people. They're like, and then it all ends in in shame and molestation and assault. That's not good. No. I don't know. Bill Cosby. What, what a, a shame. What a shame all that is. But yeah, so... Dear Asshole Landlord, literally, I, I am looking ahead a little. I won't read any of it, but that's maybe the first one that's actually, like, punching up the class. But yeah, but like, Dear Asshole Who Stole My Penis! Oh! Somebody wrote that in here, and it wasn't me. It was Penn. I wonder if Morgan did that. But it also might have been my wife. Or it could have been anyone over here. Or I forgot I did that because I drink a lot. So where can they get a copy of this book? I don't know. So yeah. I think Amazon maybe. Probably not. B. Dalton. Yes. Or Borders. My uh, my old roommate Ben Hurley, who was the one that told me about the Monday Night Comedy Show in the first place, um, and always told me that he did comedy, even though apparently he went up on stage and told one joke one joke once like ten years ago and just never shut up about it. <laughs> um, I always tried to get him to do it with me. He never would when I was first going. Was that at my show? Yeah. That and he did. Comedy? Apparently he went up once and did something. I don't know. 
I, I don't know. Like, I he feel would, like an asshole for not remembering. Uh, no, you don't need to feel like an asshole because I think he was like really riding the coattails of something that barely happened. And But he, he you know what? He hornswoggled me into doing comedy, so that's fine. But Thank you, Ben Hurley. Thank you, Ben, for that. And, yeah, shit, what the fuck? Okay, he owns a cup. There's a reason I brought him up. And we don't know how this happened. It's a it's a it's a cup that has Taco Bell printing and branding on it, but 3D McDonald's arches. Like it was a McDonald's cup, but there's no Taco Bell McDonald's anywhere. Right. We theorize that it either came from another timeline or it's actually one of the it's not the real Holy Grail, but it's one of the other ones that turns you into a screaming skeleton at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Wouldn't Crusade. Can just be any cup? No, because... It doesn't matter what you put. Because if this is the real, excuse me, real grail, put, you know, these right by it. Wait, is that how that works? I always thought the other ones were very specifically made by, like, the devil or I, something. You know, I'm I'm no grail historian. Like well, no, father, I just need you to be an expert on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> and it's my favorite one. It is a really great one. The No Ticket one is from that. Ah, yes. And Sean Connery is really great in it. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd lost you, Junior. It's so good. But um, this is how we say goodbye in Germany. <laughs> God, I love that one. Yeah, so... He plays a really good Nazi. Yeah. With the, he's like a scary... Nazi. He's like if Colonel Klink was actually like evil instead of just a comical foil, you know? Like he's the, he but looks, when you stop and think, Colonel Klink was evil because he was a Nazi. Everybody forgets that part. <laughs> well, but he was a lovable... He's a fucking Nazi. You know, you can't love uh, Colonel Klink. Sorry. Can you love Schultz a little just because he's kind no, of a fat can. guy that could get bribed with strudel? No, I mean, I'm that's a fat cute. guy who could get bribed with strudel. Okay, I that's got, true. Yeah, like me more than Klink, please. Andy and I are a little bit like uh, Schultz and Colonel Klink in that... <laughs> I'm always trying to figure things out, and people are always giving Andy Strudel, and he won't tell me what's happening in my own concentration camp. I'm sorry, it was a regular prisoner uh, of war camp. It was not that. I don't think in that. Anyway, Ver- Verner- it would be a very different show if it were. A yeah, you know what? You're let's, actually right. Let's move on. Well, right, because they're the very lov- fast from this. Topic. They're the lovable ones. Okay. Meanwhile, <laughs> anyway, wait. Let me see if I can hit the drums. There we go. Um, I like throwing the book because I hate it. Oh right. Fair. So in anyway, I think that the 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 cups that weren't the Holy Grail were specifically cursed. That is what I think. I think that if you would take one of those cups out of that room, because that means if you brought like if you had like a flask and like while you're trying to make the decision, you have some whiskey, you would just. Age. I think I just think that uh, the Grail Knight w- hits up some yard sales, got a couple of boxes, like fill the box for five bucks and. Filled it with all manner of cups, and so it's just any any cup that's in that room that isn't the Holy Grail. Yeah, if your quest is to drink from the cup of Christ, you better choose wisely. He says it. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, he does. Knows this. This is not. But the new stuff. Yeah, but I there's got to be something weird. I don't think those are just thrift store cups. A, they're from. They're like twelve. No, wait. They'd be like two thousand ish years I mean, old. Like Marshalls or TJ Maxx. Or home goods. Okay, the only thing I don't like about this theory is it really undermines what I was saying about that Taco Bell McDonald's cup being that it was in the you could see it in the background. I like the different timeline theory. I think that's very sound, actually. Okay, so let's just say it's from a. We either way, we were all afraid to drink out of it. But the uh, I think that book comes from that same timeline, the one truly darker than ours. 
Like a combination McDonald's Taco Bell is the invention of an America that is further down the spiral at an earlier timeline. John, there was Taco Bell KFC fusion things. That's not the the un the unholy union of of of, of KFC and Taco Bell is still nothing compared to the the McDonald's and deep sub level of hell that yeah McDonald's is up like. There's something just, like, all the food is mush. It just has two different overarching flavors as Andy eats McNuggets. I forget about your sponsorship. I don't mean to shit on McDonald's. I'm just saying that combining it with the Taco Bell mm. is, like, it's the kind of thing that would happen in, in like, the, in an X-Men thing where Apocalypse ends up being the, the, the president or something or the, the king of the Mall of America in that one movie you were in and, and what, or whatever. Sledgehammer's at dawn. Yeah, that's the one. No. I was for, forgot. I thought you were in the Sonic movie for a minute there. Good lord, no. You would have I been wish. a good Dr. Robotnik. Thank you. Jim Carrey didn't make any sense and he looked like the singer of this band called Three Teeth, which I don't think was an accident. Because I, I think sometimes people who make movies listen to music and they see like an industrial band with a really cool look and they're like, what are they going to fucking do? Hmm. Like, they played Studio B at the Skyway to like 200 people and they came through town, which is pretty good. I mean... That's not just the sound guy. That's a real touring career on a weeknight. That's something. But what what are they gonna do? Like come after whoever made the Sonic movie, like Sega, I guess. <laughs> do they make movies? Yes, yeah, it was. <laughs> well, they made the game, yeah, but they didn't make that movie. The games are based off of the movie. The original no, Sonic was... movie, the one from like it was um, two thousand. No, it had LeVar Burton in it, but it was before he was in Roots. He was like a little kid in an arcade, and it was like... Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. What are you talking about? The Sonic the Hedgehog games were based off of a movie, and everyone was mad about the new movies because they were kind of like throughout the canon. It's like the whole thing with The Witcher, you know? Like, they got away from the the book stuff and kind of leaned on some just random game shit, and it's not really what they should have been doing. And uh, Superman quit being the guy, or whatever. Yeah. Um, now no one's going to watch it. Harry... Harry Styles. Travel. Yeah. Well, I don't what? know. <laughs> no, not Harry Styles. Henry B. Winkler. Winkler. Henry yes! Winkler. The Fonz. The Fonzic the Hedgehog. Well, there's no point in continuing to speak because we're only going to get deeper into the Sonic the Hedgehog conspiracy <laughs> and this podcast will get in trouble with the law. The Reverend John Wheeler podcast takes zero responsibility for the words, actions, or ideas of its host, guests, or listeners. Though the people on the screen may at times be speaking directly to you and may occasionally give you direct calls to action, neither Reverend John nor the Alchemical Cocktail Lounge are under any moral or legal obligation to answer for the potentially disastrous repercussions that may arise if you are stupid enough to actually follow the orders of a raving lunatic. Think for yourself and do whatever you want because you're on your own. If anyone ever tries to sue this podcast, Black SUVs will converge on your location in the darkness of night and you will never be seen again. Remember to like and subscribe.